spoken me. I went to sleep that night without knowing that it would be the last night I ever spent in that bed at my parents' house in London. Meredith, my mum shook me awake. The room was dark, making it obvious it wasn't morning yet, or not time to get up for school anyway. Mum, I mumbled in my half-asleep state. It's time to go. Everything I told you about those stories is true. It's time for you to leave us so you can train to be a protector. Your dad and I, we've done everything we possibly can to prepare you. First Charge is the first book in the Destiny Initiative series by Amanda Steele. The book can be purchased in paperback from Amazon. The e-book can also be purchased on Kindle, Kobo, Apple Books and many others. Spoken Thank you today for tuning in to Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and as of recording has over 200 sessions in our archive. Although the podcast can be heard on Anchor, iTunes, Apple, Spotify, YouTube and literally 10 or 11 other networks, the full archive can be found at Spoken Label, all one word, spokenlabel.bandcamp.com. On Bandcamp, it is set as pay what you want. So you are entitled, if you wish, you can download it or stream it for nothing. But if you're going to throw me a couple of pennies my way, it is always a term they're grateful to help me maintain the operating costs and future running costs for this podcast. Enjoy. Spoken Label. Hi guys, Andy N. Spoken Label. Back in the house on Zoom again today. We're going a bit further today across the seas. And this one's come from a recommendation from somebody I've just spoke to recently, Rosie. And... She told me that after speaking to another club, someone else she's working with, she's also working with this gentleman we've got today, who's from over in America, uh, Tom Ovens. So, Tom, would you like to introduce yourself to everybody? Tell them who you are. And obviously, your story's going to go on for quite a while. Rather, tell people what led you into music all these years ago, and we'll take it from there, mate. Hey, um, good to talk to you, Andy. Um... I don't know where to begin. It all started a long time ago. Uh, I was on a carrot truck in the middle of Omaha somewhere and I fell off and some people picked me up and, um, and um, stuck a guitar in my hand. And, and uh, next thing I knew I was on my way. So, um, wow. but you know, obviously I'm making that up. So but I started out. <laughs> I, know, I know you were active, weren't you? So you seem to be like, according to an article I read up here from our telegraph over here, it looks like your music career certainly came around about you're 18 or something, wasn't it? Back in the 1971. Is that is that does that sound about right to you? Does it? Yeah, it goes uh, goes way back, and um, and uh, I, I kind of I grew up in the Northeast outside of Boston, and and stuff, and uh, left out of there probably when I was about 18 or 19, hitchhiking west, and you know, because that's what everybody kind of was doing back in those days, and. Uh, I was into music and writing and all that stuff, and um, so I just had a guitar and whatever else I could carry, and headed headed out west and spend spend about a year out there, just you know, out in Berkeley, California, and uh, going up and down the coast, Big Sur and stuff, and uh, sleeping on the beaches, and had a little place in Berkeley for a while, and then I started making my way back east. And you know, and lived in Lake Tahoe for a while, and Boulder, Colorado. 
um, just all different places in between Madison, Wisconsin, went through Chicago and, you know, and eventually I found my way back to New York City. And, and, uh, and uh, from there I lived in Greenwich Village in the mid seventies, early mid seventies for, for about three or four years. Yeah. And pretty much wow. living hand to mouth there and uh, playing on the streets and playing in what was, you know, left of the folk clubs and, and then in the East Village, of course, CBGB's was just starting to get going when I was there and stuff. So, you know, I just had a lot of different stuff. And uh, from there, uh, I went back to uh, uh, Boston for a while for a little bit. Then I went down to decide for some reason to go to Nashville and uh, see if I could do something down there and uh, stayed there for about 18, 19 years and wow. started, started making records and, and uh, and, you know, and, and I started making records kind of um, just by, you know, by accident, really. I was recording a lot of stuff and I knew I, I knew I didn't fit into the Nashville thing. I was just too much, too much on the edge for those guys. And uh, so I started making music, you know, just start recording it. And the uh, distributor hmm. heard it and he said, if I could put it on CD, you could sell it in Europe. So that's how kind of everything started, you know, making, um, uh, doing um doing records and stuff. And that was back in 1991 when the first record came out. Wow. And, um, and so we just kept going, going in, started touring. And I got picked up by Demon Records for a couple of albums before they uh, sold out their label to somebody who knows. And, and then a small independent picked me up from there in the UK and I just kept making records and eventually ended up in Austin around 1999. Been here ever since. Wow. Yeah, that's just that's heck of a lot of traveling that one straight away with it. So I take it then obviously when obviously you started music then, was it did you always want to be a musician growing up? Because I know your your hero was obviously Bob Dylan, wasn't it? I've been hearing straight away in that one. Um I don't know the word hero is kind of weird, but um Yeah, um, no, I'm it's not a word I like using. What's the <laughs> um I, I basically, you know, when I, I remember growing up and and uh, and I grew up in Boston, so we got to hear a lot of uh, growing up in the in the sixties. I was a kid during the sixties and stuff, so I got to hear a lot of, uh, I guess, what you would call today progressive music. You know, I got to hear about all the folk singers coming out of Greenwich Village, and um, and I heard a lot of early rock and roll and stuff. And and you know, I, I don't know where at some point I, I I was writing. I was always, you know not writing, writing, but in my head, I was always writing stuff. And, um, and you know, then I don't know where I got to think into the music. I think I had a cousin who lived with us for a while and he had a guitar. And um, I used to, he used to leave it laying on the bed and I'd go up there and steal some strums on it. And uh, um, and, uh, and started got me going. And then at one point, somebody sent me a moniker through the mail. I don't know who it was. And it's been a mystery ever since, but that, that was the kind of first instrument I had. I was probably about, I'm nine years old, 10 years old, and I started blowing harmonica and stuff. Then when I started hearing the, uh, the folk singers and stuff, they, it was kind of in, you know, Dylan and Lenny Cohn and stuff. And it started, it all came together. I said, you know, you, you know, cause I was always thinking about writing words and reading, reading poems and stuff. And then music came along and everybody was kind of throwing that together. And it was at that time, it was kind of a considered an art form, you know, not, not necessarily a craft like it is now, but it was an art form. You know, people are actually trying to do something with it. And so that got me in into, into it. You know, of course, the 
whole British invasion thing was kind of cool. You know, with the Beatles and the Stones yeah. and the Kinks and you know the animals and and Van Morrison and them and all those guys. And then it all leads you back into the Muddy Waters and John Lee Hookers and the Holland Wolves and the Jimmy Reeds. Yeah. And, Great. you know, it was just a bunch of stuff that came together and uh, got me playing music. And I had no idea where it was going to go. I just started playing it because I just had the urge to do it. And, um, and you know, I'm pretty much self-taught and, you know, and just stumbled through, stumbled into this whole thing and, and, uh, and realized I had a, I don't want to say a gift, but it was just a, a thing I could, you know, write songs without. I don't. I don't ever sit down trying to write songs. They just. I just. They just kind of almost write themselves. You know, it's it's weird. Yeah, no. You know, I think, I, as you know already, I'm a writer myself, and I, I find that quite frequently because the best sort of pieces I always find this applies to songs as well. Same crap. Is like they come when they want to come, don't they? I think. I think. Are you probably feel the same? Like, is, if you try and force the art. You know, people know straight away, don't they? So, so that's why I think I can see that straight away, you then, and that's why yeah, I can see where it gets to with your before career. Now, obviously, the people that don't know you, obviously, you've done, I think, is it you've done 13 albums? Have I read that correctly? I think uh, Crows is the 14th. Ah, oh, it's so. 14, yeah. That's the 14. I knew 13, yeah. The 14, they did it on the 14th one, of course, yes. God forbid yeah. we get the number one, right? <laughs> yeah, I sort of thought you know, obviously, like I said, over you've done this since 1991, it's quite a lengthy period of releasing albums. Have you found then that your approach of to doing the songs and the albums has it changed over time? What as far as how I do them, or you know, like, yeah, 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 or... the way you see, I tell you that you write all obviously, it comes naturally to you, don't you? But like, have you found like has your life changed in a way that affects your writing every all your songs now and over time, do you think? Well, uh, you know, it, it's weird. I was thinking about this the other day. I was doing an interview for an Italian journalist and stuff, and uh, and and I was just, you just, he was asking me about, you know, some, you know, how, you know, the, how the, the, you know, Trump and everything has affected, you know, uh, everything. And and I was saying to him, he said, you know, I've, I've I've lived in, I was born in the working class. I've been been in the working class. And I know all about this stuff, you know, that, you know, this might be news to everybody else. You'd, you know, so I know about the divisions. I know what people are thinking in on on the ground on the ground level. You know, so it you know Trump like a guy like Trump is no surprise to me. You know, it's like what he stands for and what his appeal and all that stuff. It's it's no mystery to me. So you know, I've always said that kind of working class background, and I'm in the working class. In fact, I was working right up until COVID hit, and, uh, and I've lost my job since then and stuff. And uh, so uh, you know, um kind of in, in touch with all that stuff and as far as the writing goes you know you just you evolve as a writer you know when you're younger you you write you write of course you write a lot more because everything's new to you and and as you get older it takes more for you to get inspired and more for you to finish a song mm -hmm. like i you know i probably have thousands of songs i started but never finished you know and stuff but it it, it right now it takes more, you know, it really has to be a spark there for me to follow through on a song and finish it because I've written so many at this point. And um, I try not to repeat myself, though, you know, as somebody once said, you know, we're all writing the same song over and over again. And, uh, and but we're just looking at it different ways and stuff. But um, I guess, you know, I, a lot of, the, I, I feel my basic root of what I do is, is kind of stayed the same, my, my outlook on life. 
but it's, you know, I'm just a lot more experienced and um, a lot less emotional about things and, you know, and I'm able to see things clearer. And, um, and maybe uh, uh, I think I'm tending to get simpler, you know, as I, as I get older, you know, because it's just like, you know, I, you know, I don't need a lot of noise to get the point across anymore. And that's why I kind of like making records really stripped down now. Yeah, um, yeah. I've heard um, your early ones. But yeah, I think the tone, I could certainly see as the more you've developed as a, obviously a singer, you've definitely got the more stark of the right word in it. Yeah, I can see it. I mean, with the starkness of the straightaways, it's fascinating stuff. It really is. Really quite is. Um, I found certainly the stuff I've heard off your last album, I found it really, really emotive. And I wouldn't use the word bleak, but it's quite, it's very direct the way you do it, certainly with that one. Certainly, so that's why. So when you're in the live arena, Obviously, doing yeah. it right up to way into lockdown. And um, has this been reflected in your live work? Where like, it's, I know your wife's a musician as well, isn't she? A singer songwriter herself. Is it? Um, is yeah. that what you're doing live? Is it most just you then with your harmonica and your guitar nowadays, or do you have additional help occasionally? Yeah, Luann is. Yeah, she's also you know a singer songwriter and also a great artist, and she does a lot of art stuff and, and she's been selling paintings, you know, in Austin forever and uh, since we've been here and, uh, and, you know, and she's, she had her own solo record out a while back and it's a really good record. And, um, and so, she, and, but, but just the part of uh, her being part of what I do is really a lot. She's, you know, toured with me and sang back up both, you know, when I do play solo and when, when I play with a band and stuff and, uh, and she helps, you know, just keeps me focused and, you know, on the road. Otherwise, I'd probably be under a bridge right now, you know. <laughs> and, oh, uh, <laughs> I, I'm like that medical lady, too. I think it's, yeah, when you did, yeah, I think there's, she, there's different, isn't it, when you like, you, I think you win it with a fellow artist. You bounce off each other a lot, I think, don't you, so? Yeah, because I guess you're in the same situation. Yeah. From what I exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, you know, and, and the big thing, you know, having the man, you know, as she understands the frustrations, you know, just the, the whole, whole thing of what's going on, how much you have to give up every, you know, what, what you got to give up in your life to do this and the sacrifices you got to make and stuff. And we're in it together, you know, and she's, she, she's a co-conspirator, you know, she'll, what, 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 you know, I help her and she helps me and, and, you know, I would say she helps me more than I help her, but I try, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's totally the club, but, mate. I can relate to that. Um, obviously, and, about Luann's art, then, because obviously I didn't know she was an artist. What sort of art does she do? Well, she does a lot of, um, she does, you know, basically she, she, she's self-taught. So it's kind of cool to watch her evolve over the years, you know, and, and she started painting seriously in Nashville and, and uh and just watch her grow as an artist over the years and great. And she does a lot of abstract, a lot of impressionistic stuff too. And uh, and just whatever comes to her thing, she goes into two different periods, you know, and and, and it's kind of cool to watch. And right now she's really in a really abstract period of, you know, and she's doing, you know, kind of figures and images and mixing colors together right now. And it's really cool stuff. And oh, brilliant. Uh, brilliant. kind of a, it's kind of cool to watch. And, uh, and, you know, you can see it, she has her own, website and stuff and um uh, luannbardash.com and stuff so and uh to check her out and i know that she's working on getting a website into where she wants it to be so um <clears throat> but it's it's been great you know both of us together we're doing our thing and watching each other grow as artists it's been a really 
been a great trip. Oh, and it's, you know, it's not it's a rocky road. You know, it gets <laughs> road and get pretty rocky. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's what we do and we, we keep on, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I can get you completely right and I agree completely. So can you next explain to us then, obviously, I know as a musician, and obviously you've covered a lot of ground already, like you've done a lot on your album live with bands and also solo. Can you go to the, explain to us the differences when you approach both lines? I think the main difference, you know, um, playing solo and with a band, it's just, you know, it, it, you know, when you start playing solo after playing with a band, it feels refreshing. But then after a while, you want to start playing with a band and begin band again because you get tired of your own playing and you have nothing to bounce musical ideas off of. And, you know, and it and and also playing solo is everything's on you every night. Every moment you're on stage is on you. And um, and with a band, you can just kind of step back and, you know, a little bit and let other musicians take over for a bit and just, you know, recharge yourself or just relax a little more. Um, but I had a chance, you know, the, the, you know, I've recorded a lot of albums with a lot of great musicians over the years. And, I'm, and you know, back in Nashville, both here, Nashville and Austin, I've uh, played with a lot of just really incredible musicians. And, and the way I record, when I do record with Ben is I don't like to rehearse and we don't go over the songs in, what I do is just give them a, I'll give them a tape of basically what the song is and my ideas of it, you know, if there's a riff or, you know, whatever, the feel, the rhythm and all that stuff. So when we do get in the studio, we just do it. You know, they, these, these guys are usually good enough that they can figure it out on the fly. And that's what I kind of like to capture in the studio, the song being created at the moment of creation, you know, and which is kind of, gives the gives the, the track a real edgy feel because you don't know if it's going to go off the rails or not and if you can <laughs> on the rails and have that tension there it is to me it makes it really exciting track yeah you know i think i prefer that music as well we get a live feel to it i mean you must know you would be missing yourself you must have had tracks before when you were earlier in your career when you had like you spent months working on a track and it i'm sure you just you would agree with this but sometimes you can over kill it can't you if you do it too much, that's why yeah. it's yeah. Doing it on the fly, I think, is the best way of doing it. Sometimes it gives that yeah. the, the rawness. I think that suits your voice really well. So yeah, and it should suit, suits my music because you know I think I'm right now. I'm like really happy to record solo. You know, I record on an old four track analog tape machine, and I just love the way it sounds. And uh, I love that how easy it is. You just hit record, play the song, and you're done. And, you know, if you want to add a few, if, add, if I want to add a bass for another guitar, and that's it, you know, and, and, I, and uh, I, li- I like those limitations right now. And um, I'm just not into production right now for some reason, because uh, I, I just feel like you, you just, you know, it, I'm, I'm just not into it because I, I hear stuff on the radio and stuff and they just sound, I hear the production, I hear the listening to the studio, I'm not listening to the, to the artists anymore. And, yeah. and, and I kind of want to get back to what I think when I first started listening to music, I, I just want to hear a guy on his guitar or a woman in his guitar. And, yeah, yeah. You know, of course. anything else was just a you know intrusion into it all. And, and I've kind of come, gone back to that in a weird way, though I still love listening to, to, a, to a good band play. But, you know, as far as what I do right now, I just feel like that's the best way for me to go, you know. Yeah, no, I'll get you. 
Next week I could be in the in the studio in the studio with Van. I don't know, you know. But right now, <laughs> now we're here to date, obviously, because I've I miscounted your album number the falling said there's fourteen albums. We're here to come off to talk about your current your new album, aren't we? Crows in the Corn. Now, first of all, then, where did the title come from? Crows in the Corn of interest. It's it, well, it's like um, it's like writing a song. I don't know. I just, just <laughs> like it, I like it. <laughs> you know, it just, it just goes, well, you know, something pops in your head and I don't know if it pops is the right word, but if something comes out and, you know, when I wrote the song, uh, I had no idea what that song was about. I don't, you know, I just start, you know, <clears throat> when I start writing songs, I, I really, you know, it's usually I'll get a, a melody or a chord structure or some words. And, and that's the thing that sparks the song. And, uh, and I kind of write my way to the end, you know. It's I got it's like a journey. I'm going. Where's this going? What is this? You know. And and uh, I think Norman Mailer once said that you know he, he doesn't know where he's going in the book. That's why he's writing the book so he can find out how it ends, you know. And uh, and and stuff. So it's you know I don't know. You know you you write. I write a song and I I kind of just go with the inspiration. Go with it. the song kind of leads leads you down the road, you know. Yeah. And you kind of fill in the places to go. And uh, and you don't even know when you get to the end. You know, sometimes it takes a while to get to the end or you, sometimes it takes a while to realize that you have finished the song. You know? Yes, of course. Of course. Now, so um, what I found quite intriguing about your album is, uh, like, is the titles of some of these pieces are quite interesting. Like, I want to ask you about one or two, one or two specific pieces, if you don't mind. I really enjoyed hearing them Spaghetti Blues. Now, obviously... People wonder about that song, and that one's about strong song about struggling against the odds and indifference, really. And that one, that's quite—I find it a very unnerving piece. That. So, where did the title come from, Spaghetti Blues? Because it's a very unusual title. Um, well, that's uh, um, someone asked me if I was being ironic about that. And, I was, I was I wondering at myself, and that's why. <laughs> and 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 I said, no, I'm being quite literal about it. <laughs> You know, I just want a bowl of spaghetti. I just want a bowl of spaghetti. And uh, spaghetti's always been, uh, you know, I grew up outside Boston. I grew up in the Italian neighborhood, really. And then Wednesday, every Wednesday night was uh, spaghetti night, you know. And, uh, <laughs> oh, first place. And, and it was like the one meal I, I know as a, you know, growing up as a kid, I knew I would get enough to eat. You know, I had two brothers, so I never, no, I never had enough to eat, you know. And uh, you weren't hungry or nothing, but, you know, you just couldn't eat until you're just, you know, and spaghetti, when you had spaghetti, you could know, you know, always knew you're going to have enough to eat. But spaghetti's been like a uh, meal of spaghetti is, uh, you know, when I hit the road and was living hand to mouth and stuff, that was the one meal uh, you could get pretty cheap. And it, it was like a life raft, you know, and, 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 and then when I started touring in Europe and stuff, you had, you know, you, you'd be in foreign countries and you, you know, and you're, you're, language skills are limited and, but you always know you could order a bowl of spaghetti and you're going to have a good meal and you know so it's you know and, and the song what the song's about is you know you know that it's kind of uh, eating a bowl of spaghetti is like a life raft to keep you going food wise but the other but the main of the song's about it just the struggle to keep going when everybody's you know telling you to stop or that you're wasting your time but it's what you are it's who you are and that's what the song is about it's about you know um just keeping going and you know like you say as an artist you would know you, you know you're just doing it in the face of all odds 
and um, and you know, it, and that's what kind of what that song's about. It's, it's about the struggle of of keep keep going in with spaghetti as the as the, as the food substance oh, right, to keep it yeah. going. Course, I get you straight away with it. Now, I don't want to go obviously we could, but I could be able to ask you questions about the album because there's some lots of good stories on this album. And I do recommend people track it down, certainly. Now, what I want to ask you about is, is really is what made you want to revisit one of the last songs in the album, Avenue of the Americas, aka Sixth Avenue, which obviously was, I know it was previously your 2001 album, wasn't it? Still in this world, right? And uh. Well, what it, what it was that I when I when I recorded it for Still in This World, I changed it up musically, and I made it kind of a more of an open tuning blues thing. Mm. And um, I, don't, I don't know why I did it, but it just that's kind of what what I was doing at the time, you know. And it was inspiration I had to do do that song that way, and and um, and it came out great and um, and and stuff. And but I always knew the original way I wrote the song is the way it is on Crows. The, the melody is different and you know the it's, it's uh, the chord structure is different and stuff and the words are all the same but it's it's the way I originally wrote the song that's the original inspiration and the, the, mel the way it is on crows and I always knew when I did it the other way at some point I owed it to the song and to the inspiration of that song to do it the way it came you know I wrote it and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and at some point I want I knew I was going to do it and put it out and this, it kind of just fit, it kind of worked in the back of this record, so. Yeah, I think I know what you mean with that. Sometimes you do like it. When it obviously, like the original version of the song, you said, just to clarify yourself, is like it made sense at the time the way it's done and made sense to revisit again time later because, like, it's one of those things where it's like 19 years later, 18 years later, you're fine, don't yeah. you? Yeah. The way you would have done that song is different. Then, yeah, it makes sense completely. So, now, yeah. obviously, in the post lockdown world, obviously, I like to conclude the chat bit is asking what we've got coming next. But at the moment, obviously, we're still in lockdown, really. So there's not a lot you can really reveal at the moment. Just say so. So if obviously it clears after the end of the new year when it's all get released, do you envisage you'll be out playing concerts again then, do you reckon or? Um, yeah, I would, you know, I would love to do it, you know. Um love to get back to the UK at some point, you know, I, I always enjoyed touring over there and stuff. And, uh, and, but it's just a matter of, you know, being able to get a promoter to, you know, get behind you and stuff. And, uh, and, and I don't know what's going on. I don't know what that's going to look like after this is all said and done, you know, whether people are even going to, you know, everybody's habits are changing. So are people even going to go out to clubs to see music yeah. or, you know, is it, you know, and I know, I know the concert venues over there and over here too, you know, um, uh, for the kind of music I do or just for touring around with a guitar and stuff, or even if I had a band or stuff, is that whole circuit's kind of drying up. And um, so I, we just, you know, just have to wait and see. I would love to, you know, be able to do something like that. Yeah, no, straight away. I think it's, I think the situation we're all in, well, just a case of wait and see. I know you're into an artist myself, really. And a lot of it is just hoping because. The prediction going around at the moment in UK is, and this is quite worrying actually, sorry, laptop's playing up, um, is they reckon by Christmas time at the moment over here, this is out after that, is they reckon that up to three quarters of the pubs and bars and the gig venues in the UK could be closing actually in the next three months because of the situation with the virus. And is it is it very similar to where you are at the moment? Where you find out, obviously, I don't know what it's like in America at the moment, 
I can I use a lot of a lot of places shut down completely where you are. Yeah, um, a lot of the um, I think you know you know um, in Austin a lot of the bars were shut down for a long time. A lot of clubs went out of business. And, yeah, same uh, over here at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and and um, a lot you know the musicians are pretty much you know I don't know you know you know it's funny in America we don't have a safety net here you know you. you you know, you, you, you know, uh, you can collect unemployment for a while, but once, once that dries up, you're pretty much, you know, on your own and no one's going to save you. And uh, so, so I don't know what's going to happen with that, but, you know, driving around Austin, there are a lot of people living in tents right now. I mean, wow. people living in tents right out on the street, you can, you know, it's just, it's, it's awful. It's, you know, it's horrible, horrible what, you know, people are going through. And then Austin's a rich city. It's got a lot of money in this town. Wow. And and but there's but the people who are not part of that you know kind of a um, high tech economy are just falling through the falling through right down to the streets, and um, and wow. so it's hard. And in the in the clubs, uh, you know, a lot of clubs are closed. You know, music clubs are closing, and uh, you know, it's hard to know what's going to look like after because Austin's not the same as it you know as it used to be. It's not kind of a music town anymore. It's kind of a high tech town. It's uh, you know a lot of like. The big tech companies have moved here and the developers have moved here and it's kind of blowing up like it's, it's coming like san francisco in a way and, wow yeah uh, no i've got friends living in san francisco and she's talking the same as well so scary times i've got a lot of moments just have the case of wait and see really don't we so but i suppose nothing else tom where i look at it is you're going to give you plenty of inspiration for songs anyway so certain with that one so yeah definitely yeah now, Conclude anyway, so we're going to get you to go do a couple of songs just in a minute, hopefully. Um, if people want to find out more about you, Tom, where are the best go? Um, would they want to find out more about yeah. me? Or? If they find out more about me, yes. Uh, just listen to the records. I mean, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll refer people to your website. And all good. And, and, uh, and etc. Yeah, no, and I finally relented, and uh, there's, a, there's a website with my name.com, tomovens.com, and you can find, you know, all the lyrics and music and credits and stuff, and uh, and the other thing I would say would you search around the web, and there's some articles that go go in, in debt, you know, and like we've done today a little bit to uh, kind of scratch out my past and stuff, and, you know, and... Uh, and stuff but I'm, I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm not a I think one of my biggest problems I don't care about being a celebrity or fame or anything I I'm just never was that whole life thing never attracted me lifestyle never attracted me and stuff um I know when I when I got to the village I saw the other side of uh when I lived in New York I saw the other side of fame you know I knew Phil Oaks for a little bit and I saw Tim Harden stumbling around I seen I saw you just saw the other side of it all and and I go well, you know so it never had that great appeal to me you know because I knew you know it, you know it'd be nice to make a living from this but you know I'm not gonna you know do be a monkey on top of a, a grinder and stuff and to make a living you know I just yeah. I just don't I just don't want to do that I couldn't you know I don't know there's something yeah, that's good I think there's two sorts of artists really and you follow the second camp here where you get some art people start musical wanting to become famous. And I've known a few singers around Manchester and bands like that. And whereas the other side of the corner, I think you are, where they're doing it because they have something they want to say. And they're not doing it for the sake of being famous. And I think you're in that second camp more. And I, I, you're more, it's more my kind of artist, <laughs> to be honest with you. So respect to you, mate, definitely. So, <laughs> so. yeah, well, it's like I think, I think I heard some artist say once, you know, that 
you know, his his job is to be an artist, and he'll leave he'll leave the 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 fame part to the celebrities. You know, it's a different. It's a, you know, it, being a celebrity is a that's a hard job. You know, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't wish that wish that on anybody, and 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 stuff and. Uh, and, but it's just not something I want to do, you know. I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't consider myself an entertainer in, in a sense. I might be entertaining to watch what I do, but I'm not, I'm not an entertainer in the sense that I'm out to please you, you know, and stuff like that. No, it's not our sole work because Pierre from the album itself, I think I can relate to you because I'm a storyteller in a lot of my work. You're the same in your songs, really, because each one of your songs, you go through a new album, it's all stories and the fascinating stuff themselves. So that's why I've really enjoyed it in the album. So thank you, Tom. All right. Anyway, well, that's all my questions today, Tom. So we're gonna we're gonna go doing a couple of songs for you now, aren't you? So so we'll let you take a quick break. Thank you again for this, Tom. It's been a fascinating chat. I've really enjoyed it today. Thank you. So Great, hang around everybody. You're gonna enjoy this in a minute. This guy's very, very talented. We'll see you all in a minute. Take care. Okay. Spoken mate. Hi guys, okie dokie, straight over to Tom, he's going to do a couple of songs for us. Over to you, mate. We got change up. called uh, Mama Went to Arkansas. She left the seed of worm. She wanted a 
You do manage a gig next year, Tom, in the UK. I'd love to hear you do that sort of piece, mate. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant, well, brilliant, mate. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, a little rough, but you know, we'll get through it. <laughs> oh, I like you know, sometimes it's good to be rough and raw anyway, because it lets it carry carry it forward more than definitely so. Okay. We'll change of pace, I guess. Oh, the left song. Still under a stranger's charm. 
all my best that's all I could ever do yeah I'm just trying to sing all the words that are true and I'm just trying to sing that I Superb, absolutely superb again that Tom. Great way, nice change of tone to the two pieces that as well. So brilliant stuff, mate. So. Texas. 
no prayers, no shit for me, no tears. There's 123 here in the belly of the beast. There's floods and there's droughts and there's horses in the trees. It's a hard Tremendous. Wow. Brilliant, that one, Tom. You got that, you had that down to a T then, mate. Thanks. Yeah, I knew straight away Hard Road Mama. I, I, I knew that one straight away. I remember playing that one on the album when I played it. That's brilliant, mate. Cool. Well, I, just, uh, I recorded it in the album. I didn't, use, I didn't do a slide version, but I, you know, I just, you know, I got this little old stellar guitar, which I, I, I got at a... Um, a fire sale, a guitar store went up in flames once and they sold all their guitars and they were all covered with suit. So oh, I wow. picked up this guitar for 25 bucks and, had, and I spent like a month, two months just getting the suit off the, off the, off the thing. So and it's always been a great slide guitar because you can't do anything else with it because the action is so high. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. It's about 70 degrees here in Austin today. So. Is it really? Oh, blimey, we're, we're quite cold in here today we are. It tried snowing last week round here. That shows you how cold it was round here at the moment. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's um, we go back and forth here. The beauty about Austin is the weather can get real crummy, but you know, in three or four days, it's going to be seventy. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I can believe you that. In our case, where we are in Manchester, it's always raining. We get used to the rain and occasional bits of sunshine. But we had no, uh, we had, it's been raining today as well. We've had real quite bad wind as well. So, but yeah. I love, I love when I see uh, advertisements for London. It's always sunny. <laughs> Come to Manchester, it's always raining. <laughs> okay, I wanted to go and try.
like God was watched down by the Wow, you really are that down to a T then, Tom, as well, mate. Brilliant stuff, mate. Thanks, thanks. It's, uh, on the record, I do it in 4-4, four, four, and there I did it uh, kind of waltz time, 3-4. So. Yeah, I got that. I got a slight difference in the tone. That's not a bad thing sometimes for these different yeah. sessions. Yeah. Really enjoyed that today. Thank you again for that, Tom. Much appreciated today, mate. So it's been a great thanks. way for a Sunday evening for me, that. So. Great, Hang thanks, around. man. Hang around, mate. I need to speak to you off mic. Well, I want to thank you again today for a special session today. Really enjoyed okay. it. So, okay. great. Thank mate. you, Andy, for having me, man. My pleasure, mate. So, right, guys, girls, as I always say, stay safe and stay over. See you all soon. Spoken, mate.